0: Welcome to the Inclusive Growth Show with Toby Milden, future proofing your business by creating a diverse workplace. Hey there, thank you ever so much for tuning into this episode of the Inclusive Growth Show. I'm Toby Milden, and today I'm joined by Mayank Shah. And Mayank is one of the founders and he's the chief executive of MSD UK. Now, MSD UK focuses on looking at equality and diversity within procurement and supply chains and I first came across MSD UK when I was working at the BBC and I was talking with our procurement department to look at ways of the corporation engaging with a diverse range of uh, potential suppliers and how we could improve the procurement process (laughs) so that we could get more diverse suppliers into our supply chain and organizations that we partner with so that's how i first came across msd uk so i'm really chuffed to be able to sit down with mayank and just explore what msd does and why he established the organization so mayank it's great to see you thank you for joining me
1: thank you so much toby it's uh, my pleasure to be on this podcast and when uh, social entrepreneurs like me are focusing and are passionate about something this is a great medium to share our passion share and inspire others to do the same so uh, thanks for having me on the show.
0: You're very welcome and I think let's begin by exploring exactly what MSD does because I know that you've got three hubs really you've got like the innovation hub the knowledge hub and the procurement Club, and people can join your, your organization. So can you just explain to me a bit more about what you do?
1: Absolutely, if I go back uh, nearly 20 years uh, and uh, you know, move to 2002, I came from India, uh, uh, born and brought up in Delhi and uh, came as a student over here. Uh, before that in India, I had nearly 15 years of uh, experience of running my own small business. When I came to this country as an immigrant, as a student, uh, gradually I moved through doing my PhD on this whole area of supplier diversity that we are talking about. And uh, I could see the challenges that uh, immigrant entrepreneurs or or minority businesses face when it comes to getting into the mainstream uh, economy. Uh, My my PhD was on this area and uh, it took me to America where supplier diversity is mandated for last 50 years. I studied that whole history of American uh, history of supplier diversity, and uh, while doing PhD, uh, there was a growing interest in American corporations to extend their program outside of America, and UK was their first choice of cont- uh, sort of interest. They asked me while I was there on my research trip to say, "Can you can you help us in connecting with ethnic minority businesses as part of our supplier diversity program in the UK?" Can you set up an organization that uh, represents minority businesses, identify those uh, businesses, and connect them with our procurement teams? And that's how UK was born in 2006. We set it up as a not-for-profit organization. It was initially purely a membership network where big companies who wanted to diversify their supply chain, be more inclusive of underrepresented businesses in their supply chain, uh, they wanted a network. Or, or, or organization that can identify those businesses from all across. You can connect them with their procurement team. So it started as almost like a a, a matchmaker where we matched buyers and supply uh, demand with supply. Uh, but gradually it has moved on. We have over the last sixteen years worked with more than two hundred corporations both public and private sector, helping them in their diversity journey in supply chain, and also represented over 3,000 ethnic minority businesses from all across UK, from Scotland to Aberdeen to uh, Southeast. And uh, over the last 20 years, more than a billion pound worth of contracts have been generated for minority businesses. So that's that's what we are.
0: That's such a huge impact. Um, I'd like to go back to the point that you were making around supplier diversity being mandated in the U.S., versus the UK. So w- what are they doing in the US that we're not doing in the UK?
1: You know, if you look at the history of supply House in the US, it all started after the racial riots in the 60s, during the time of uh, uh, Martin Luther King. And uh, the racial riots that happened impacted the black community over there in such a way that, and the biggest sort of, you know, I take an example, Detroit was the, the, the hardest hit city it was a, had a majority population of black uh, uh, community and uh, they were, uh, you know, riots were really bad. And that's where, but also Detroit was home to the four automakers, you know, Ford, Chrysler, General Motors, and Toyota. Yeah, And I think it all started there where the leadership of those four automakers came together to say, what can we do to stop this never happens again? And they thought that the best way of doing this is to encourage entrepreneurship in those those communities so that it increases the disposable income. It has a bigger impact, jobs are created, and that leads to better health access. So that was the model that it all started in 1960s, late 60s, and then in 1972, President Nixon came up with a public law that mandated that any private sector organization contracting with federal government anywhere in the US had to apportion 8% of their uh, contract spend with minority businesses gradually over the years that has expanded into also including what they call women-owned businesses disabled-owned businesses so mostly the underserved underrepresented business communities it had a big impact i have seen major minority businesses turning over billions of dollars they started their journey 50 years back and they started with from a garage, and now they have become multi-billion-dollar uh, businesses. And the impact they have on the local community by creating jobs, creating wealth, is immense. Yeah. Unfortunately, not only in UK but all across Europe, we don't have mandate. We talk about equal opportunities. Yeah. But I I, I certainly think that there are advantages of having mandate, but also it has disadvantage because sometimes it leads to some bad procurement practices. What we want is a much more fairer opportunity. And I always think supplier diversity is about opening doors and creating a level playing field to allow underrepresented businesses to compete with others and let the best one win the business.
0: Yeah, which is similar to how organizations approach their recruitment. When they're hiring people, it's open the doors, create those opportunities, create the level playing field so that everyone is competing with equal chances, really. Absolutely. So I know this. You, you've spent the last couple of decades working in this, so this might feel like an oversimplified question for, for you, given your experience, but you know, why should businesses be thinking about diversity within their supply chain and the, the organizations that they partner with?
1: I think there are both social reasons and economic reasons. When you talk about social last two years of pandemic has seen, we have all seen about the social injustice and economic injustice, racial injustice happening, but also growing inequality in our societies where riches, rich are becoming richer and poor are becoming more poor. So as in corporate organization, when you look at how can you make an impact uh, on that by encouraging entrepreneurship and encouraging entrepreneurs to thrive in those disadvantaged communities, you are tackling a big social issue and you are going to make a big impact. And as a responsible corporate citizens, everyone has that responsibility. But at the same time, it has got its commercial economic benefit. We again, pandemic has shown how supply chains were disrupted all around the world. You know, just in case of PPE, what MSTUK did at that time was created a marketplace where we had so many suppliers, minority businesses who were offering PPE products. And that basically became lifeline for so many of purchasing organizations because they could source locally. What supplier diversity does is gives you an alternate supply chain option. Yeah. Also, being an immigrant entrepreneur, they are more hungry sure to become more successful. So you get better service, more competitive rates, but also different ideas, different thought process that these people from different backgrounds bring. How they run their business is totally different. And I think those are the real benefits: driving innovation, driving, uh, you know, competitiveness. Is the economic advantage of supplier diversity?
0: Yeah, I, I love what you're saying because it reminds me of what I say to my clients in trying to link diversity and inclusion back to something bigger than their organization—an impact that they can make in their community or in the world. And I get my clients to think about the United Nations sustainability goals. And one of those goals, which is actually why I set up my business, which was about decent work and economic growth, which is exactly what you're talking about, as as well as reducing inequalities. That's a, that's a separate goal. But, yeah, it's, I think it's quite useful for, for businesses to think about how they are impacting kind of society. At large, and in another podcast interview, I interviewed a guy called Mark Romas, who was the head of diversity and inclusion for HS2, and he was talking about the the role that HS2 was playing in really reducing inequalities within the the rail construction industry. Because HS2 itself is is a fairly modest sized organisation, but actually they've got a huge footprint in terms of the organizations and the suppliers that they are working with to actually deliver the HS2 project.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, a good example, and I've worked with Mark very closely, HS2, the critical thing about HS2 is that the whole new line connects south and north, goes through some of the most deprived communities and areas in this country. Mm. And by working with those communities giving them opportunities to become part of their supply chain from a local catering to corporate wear to some simple things even those can be done to engage local communities throughout that railway line the new hs2 line that's going to have a major impact on communities social impact economic impact
0: yeah it's actually like the vast majority of um people in the UK work for small and medium sized companies, isn't it? Yes. You know, it's um actually one of my again, one of my former podcast interviews, I interviewed um the chief executive of the CIPD, Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development. And he was making the point that quite often diversity and inclusion is talked about by big, huge organizations, you know, the the Deloits and the KPMGs of of the world. But actually, we can make a profound impact through engaging small and medium sized businesses as well.
1: That's a very good point, because last year we did a massive, one of the largest ever research anyone has conducted in this country to analyze how many ethnic minority owned businesses are there in this country. What's their sort of contribution to the UK economy? And the results that came and we use artificial intelligence because data capturing is very, we are very bad in data capturing. There's lack of data and government doesn't monitor the ownership of the business in this country. So we used artificial intelligence and data scientists, a team of data scientists to, to basically look into the six million businesses that are registered on company house. And you won't believe, but one million businesses out of six million registered on company house are ethnic minority owned. And. Wow. They employ 3 million people, which is 10% of UK's workforce, contributing 78 billion. So exactly, these are all small and medium-sized businesses who are creating jobs in our local economies. And, you know, I always say that what diversity brings, you talked about recruitment. We at MSD UK now have a team of 23. We've grown from 6 to 23 in two years' time. And I'm so proud to say that we have... 80 uh, percent of that staff is women, yeah. And we have out of 23 people that we have in our team, they represent 14 different nationalities. Now that diversity of thought, diversity of background, brings so much uh, innovation into MST UK, yeah. And so, you know, I always say when people ask about the business case for diversity, I really get angry sometimes to say. There's there is no need for us to discuss about business case. There is a business case that is there, you know. The different ideas, different thoughts, people of different backgrounds bring so much to the table.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you that people asking for the business case sometimes um, gets my goat as well. Um, I, <laughs> I, I was speaking to a diversity and inclusion consultant recently who said uh, often her response when she gets asked for the business case, is, um, you know, show me the business case for not having diversity in your organization, um, and then we can talk. Because, um, you know, Stephen Frost, who is a diversity and inclusion yes, consultant. I, and I know
1: him very. He was one of the, for six, for a year, he was the chair of our board of directors when he was at UPMG.
0: Exactly. I mean, he's a great guy. And, uh, you know, one, one of his sayings is that diversity is a given but inclusion is a choice Absolutely. so based on the research that you've done we've got that diversity what's it you know one in is it one in, six one, one in
1: six businesses yeah,
0: yeah. owned mm. by by somebody of a minority background so that's a given that's there and businesses should be engaging with those yeah. with those suppliers so um if if the person listening to us right now Gets this you know it's a no-brainer for them and they want to influence their procurement person or procurement department on getting more diversity into the supply chain trying to level the playing field what what should they do
1: you know the easiest way is to go on our website there are a number of resources we have done some white papers for uh, sips we have done we have a uh, supply diversity toolkits, a number of uh, podcasts etc and it's all there on our website which is www.mstuk.org.uk. You have a contact form over there if they want to have further discussion about you know what we can do to help them set up and roadmap for supply diversity. We have a center of excellence in supply diversity that helps them, organizations, get, create a roadmap for for supply diversity. But also we give them access to some of the most amazing, innovative, young talent also. we Because you mentioned in the beginning about the innovation hub. That's the hub where we connect with young entrepreneurs from colleges, universities across the country with brilliant ideas and innovative ideas. And we give them a platform to Present those ideas to the industry. Plus, we have got over the three thousand high growth businesses that we have access to, so we can help our nation not only put together the roadmap, get access to best practice, but also we provide them access to some of the amazing entrepreneurs. So, you know, the best way to contact is go on our website and uh, on www.msduk.org.uk. That's
0: fantastic. Yeah, so definitely the person listening to us. <laughs> Go on your website and I mean, there's tons of information and resources on there. So it's definitely worth logging on. And before we go, I think we've already kind of answered this question, but it's something that I ask all of my guests, but I want to hear it from you in your own words. But what does inclusive growth mean for you?
1: You know, I I go back to a famous quote from uh, Reverend Jesse Jackson, which says, when everyone is included, everyone wins. And I think for me, inclusive growth is about including everyone so that everyone has a fair share in the economy, fair share in the wealth. And supply diversity does exactly the same, creating a fairer economy, fairer society where everyone is included so that everyone can prosper.
0: Brilliant. Well, Mayank, thank you ever so much for joining me on this episode of the Inclusive Growth Show Um, and thank you for tuning into this episode. I hope that you've enjoyed my conversation with Mayank today and if you do want to learn more about the work of MSD UK then please do go to their website which is msduk.org.uk. Thanks ever so much for tuning in and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode which will be coming up very soon. Thank you for listening to the Inclusive Growth Show. For further information and resources from Toby and his team, head on over to our website at milden.co.uk.